0: Welcome back to the 10 Blocks podcast. This is Brian Anderson, the editor of City Journal. Joining me on today's show is Tevi Troy. Tevi is a senior fellow at the Bipartisan Policy Center, a former deputy secretary of Health and Human Services, and a presidential historian, and somebody who's been writing about politics and policy for City Journal for, for some time now. His most recent book is called Fight House, Rivalries in the White House from Truman to Trump. And his latest contribution to City Journal, which just appeared online and in our uh, brand new January uh, released issue, is called the de Blasio debacle. Uh, it appears in our forthcoming winter issue, as I mentioned, and uh, it, it is available online. So Tebby, you know, thanks very much for joining us. Good, good to talk with you as we kick off the new year.
1: Thanks for having me. And I will just say to the listeners, while the piece is indeed available online, if you get the City Journal print edition, it has some great artwork that goes with it.
0: Yes, that's true. Um, so so your your piece, it it's an evaluation of Bill de Blasio's tenure, eight year tenure as mayor of New York City, which ended this past January first. So he is he has just left office. But you don't begin in the piece with De Blasio. Instead, you you look at the predecessors of the mayor, uh, Rudy Giuliani and Michael Bloomberg, and trying to show the various ways that uh, De Blasio undid the progress that happened under uh, his predecessors. So, so why don't we start there too? You know, what was the state of the city in 2014 when? When Bill de Blasio first took office, what had been its trajectory since the 90s?
1: Yeah, well, Brian, as you know, I grew up in New York, in Queens specifically, and I took the subway to Manhattan every day in high school. And that was in the mid to late 80s, which was a very rough time. Uh, There was a lot of crime. It was just not a safe place to be. And indeed, as I talk about in the piece, there was a year in I believe, 1990 when there were 2000 murders in New York City, which was uh, you know, an unfortunate record uh, that, that they set. and then, Yes,
0: and, and every other crime off the chart at that time, too.
1: Right. It just wasn't a safe place to be. You didn't want to walk around Manhattan and you felt uncomfortable. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why David Dinkins lost in that 1993 election. It's pretty rare for a Democrat to lose an election in, in New York City, uh, now even more so. And Rudy Giuliani, a very different Rudy Giuliani, I must say, uh, takes over and... Uh, he, armed in part by the Manhattan Institute, has all these ideas for how to reform the police and how to push back on crime. And uh, he and Mike Bloomberg both, I think, successfully did so in each of them, had uh, you know multiple uh, terms as, as mayor. And crime receded to the point where New York was one of the safest big cities in America by 2014 when de Blasio takes over. And, and New York was really back. And, uh, you know, it made me think that uh, Ed Koch, who uh, I've written about for City Journal and I was a, a fan of, who just really loved New York in a way de Blasio didn't. I would have been happy to see how New York had turned around in that period.
0: So so on to de Blasio's tenure uh, specifically, you attribute in this essay much of the city's current woes on homelessness, crime, housing, education to uh, the mayor's awful leadership, you call it, uh, in each of these four areas. So, so let's look at crime, homelessness, housing, and education. How did De Blasio perform? Um, and you know, what do you think went wrong? As, as certainly on crime, it was it was more his second term, right, than his first, because he had appointed um, Bill Bratton to a second term as police commissioner, and and crime stayed low for a while.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that Blasio, even though he was a police critic going in, recognized that he really couldn't get too far afield from the New York City police if he wanted to keep crime under control and he wanted to keep the city on board with him. And he indeed did get reelected as mayor after after one term. He had he served two terms. And I think that there was a recognition after that incident at uh, the funerals of the the slain cops where all the police turned their backs on him. And that was early in his tenure. And I describe it in detail in the piece, but early in his tenure when that happened, I think there was a recognition by de Blasio. And there's even some uh, written up discussions of this that he said, you know, I I need to improve my relations with the police. So crime did stay low for the first, I would say, five, six years of his tenure. Uh, But then it did turn around late in his tenure especially around when the, the uh the covid uh, problem happened and um uh, and and he certainly had less respect for the police and then there was the defund the police movement and you know he was <laughs> early proponent of, of that kind of idea so uh, I, I think crime just got significantly worse in the last year still not as bad as in the dinkin era I must say but uh but palpably so where people started to talk about crime uh, in a serious way again. And, you know, one of the earlier pieces I wrote for you at City Journal, Brian, was about uh, the show, The Odd Couple, which is a favorite show of mine, where uh, it seemed like in the seventies, every episode had something to do with crime because conversations were constantly about crime. And that was happening again in the city where people, when they would just get together in normal, polite conversations for coffee over dinner, they would talk about how crime was a part of their lives again. And that's unfortunate.
0: Um, So what about some of these other areas? Uh, um, Education uh, is is another area where you're very critical of de Blasio.
1: Yeah. And and I am on two fronts. Number one is New York has these elite meritocratic schools like Stuyvesant and like Bronx Science uh, that admission is based strictly on a test. They don't care where you're from or your income level or your skin color. They just give you this test, and if you score well on that test, you get admission to this school. It is the most meritocratic way of determining whether someone gets into school. And de Blasio went hard after these schools to try and change that. And to the point where I, mean, I think that the uh, meritocratic test was threatened more than in any other time in the history of the schools and, and those tests, and I think ultimately they survived, but it was a, a real assault. And I know the Asian community that tends to get a lot of students into Stuyvesant and Bronx Science really saw it as an assault on them. And as I talk in the piece that uh, he, he seemed to have a very rough uh, relations with the Asian community. And the second thing was enabling the teachers unions in their continuing quest to keep the schools closed under COVID no matter what accommodations were made for the safety of the teachers and the students. And uh, we, we saw a significant drop, and I talk about it in the piece, a significant drop in the enrollment of students who were in New York City public schools. And, oh, and then I guess I should also mention the way he went after the charter schools, which again are public schools, and he acted like they were some kind of private schools and he wanted to charge them extra rent. And so, I mean, he just had, had it in for anything that was not in the agenda of the New York City public Public teachers' union,
0: and and two other areas uh, where not not just you but City Journal has been very critical of uh, De Blasio's administration, uh, housing and homelessness. Um, you know there there really is an ongoing uh, housing crisis in the city. So so perhaps say a bit about that and and on the homelessness front.
1: Well, I think there's just more of an accommodation of homelessness and um, a willingness to allow the streets to be. Uh, filled with homeless people in a way that we really haven't seen since before the Giuliani days of the uh, late, uh, I guess, the early 90s. Um, and de was just willing to allow it to happen and, and not uh, used uh, time-proven strategies that can mitigate the homeless problem. And look, New York is not as bad as uh, San Francisco or some of the the West Coast cities, uh, but we are seeing increases in, in homelessness and um, in a way that just uh, not only uh, has problems for, I guess, aesthetically in the city, but also for public safety. So, uh, he, he was willing to accommodate that. Um, and, and then, um, I, I think that was just part of his overall approach. He didn't really care. He didn't seem to care about the everyday lives of average New Yorkers.
0: And, and there is a, a you know, the, these things aren't exactly related, but there is a housing shortage in the city. The, the, the rents in the city are very high. Um, you know, not enough, uh, Um, housing is being built. Um, you know, what, what is your view on that front?
1: Look, you know, it's easy and obvious to understand what the issue is here. When you have rent control and when you have limitations on building that squeezes the supply and so increases the demand. And so it makes these things more expensive. Uh, as I said, it's particularly a problem in some of these West coast cities, but it's it's an issue in New York as well. If, if housing is too expensive the answer is not to restrict the supply, which is what the the de Blasio and and other liberal policies tend to do.
0: So so Bill de Blasio is, you know, very uh, left-wing politician. Um, And I think it's fair to say that New York has seemed to move in a more leftward direction since the days of Giuliani and Bloomberg. Yet de Blasio leaves office uh, as one of the most unpopular mayors in recent memory, uh, and his successor Eric Adams, who is, has just entered office, appears to have aspirations anyway of being uh, tough on crime, and uh, has certainly been rhetorically friendlier to the business community. So, what does this say about the kind of political culture of New York City? You know, did De Blasio scare off New Yorkers from of hard left governance? Uh, or is there something unique about him that, that might have contributed to his unpopularity? After all, you know, the, the city council in, in New York is, is very far left. Um, so you know, uh, it, it's, it's hard to see a, a big conservative shift in, in the city's politics.
1: Yeah. Look, Brian, despite city journals and Manhattan Institute's best efforts, uh, New York is a liberal city and we acknowledge that and it has been for a long time and will continue to be so. But the thing about de Blasio was it wasn't just that he was liberal and had liberal policies, but he seemed not to like New York or New Yorkers, or as I say, in a a bit of a jibe at him, even New York sports teams. I mean, he was a Boston Red Sox fan in, in, in New York City. That doesn't make you ineligible to be mayor, obviously, but, uh, it does speak to a larger issue with him. He didn't seem to care about the concerns of everyday New Yorkers. And remember, Ed Koch, I've already mentioned on this, but you know what was his famous phrase? He always said, how am I doing? How am I doing? He wanted to know how he was doing in the context of helping New York. And that's why he was always asking. He was he was kind of checking in with the people. And he had a, again, Ed Koch was not only liberal, but he was to the left of, of URI, uh, but he cared about the everyday concerns of, of New Yorkers. And what, and what I would say overall is that New York is not an easy city to live in. You don't go to New York because you want to have a smooth pathway in everything. You recognize that there are some challenges of living in New York, but it also has some great, great glories that you can't get anywhere else. And de Blasio didn't celebrate the great aspects of New York. Uh, He just seemed to make it harder on the everyday lives of New York. And so I think that is what the New Yorkers had uh, as a problem with him. It wasn't that he was just liberal it's that he didn't celebrate new york and didn't care about the concerns of everyday new yorkers
0: and what do you think about his chances uh it looks like he might be running for governor
1: yeah i, I don't think he's gonna win as governor uh, i mean we saw his presidential run he didn't do very well at all in that and um the, there was that uh, kind of arch quote i have uh, from isaac devere's book about how uh there were more people who would show up to protest De Blasio had any appearance, then would show up for rallies for him in Iowa. Uh, he just—I uh, I don't think he has what it takes to win statewide in New York, or certainly not nationally, as we saw in, in his uh, disastrous run for president.
0: Yeah, it seems it seems pretty pretty uh, far out. Um, now let's uh, you know let's talk a little bit about uh, what you've seen of the incoming administration, the Adams administration. A number of appointments has, have been made. Uh, um, David Banks, a school's chancellor. Uh, Keyshawn Sewell has come in as police commissioner uh, from Nassau County. Um, he's appointed a, a veteran New York politician, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's uh, Frank Carone, as chief of staff. Um, you know, in some ways, he, he, he looks a little bit like Adams, like a, an old school machine politician. Um, you know, I, I wonder what your take is uh, on on how he'll govern.
1: Yeah, well, as you know, I'm not a machine guy, but I'm okay with old school if it means making the city work. And that doesn't mean that everything has to be smooth sailing again, but you just have to have the basics of, of the city operating in a way that it wasn't happening under de Blasio. And I think I'm also comfortable, uh, in, in fact, encouraged by Adam's rhetoric on fighting crime and accommodating the business community and, and kind of celebrating that there are businesses and they, they create the tax base and they, the reason that the people come to the city is to, you know, the theater is a business. The, the stores are a business. I mean, they, they he was, he is willing to celebrate what New York has to offer. And so I'm good with that. And again, the key, I think, to being mayor of New York is loving the city. And I do get a sense that, uh, that Eric Adams loves the city. And I think that's a, that in itself is a step up.
0: Uh, thanks very much, Tevi. Uh, it's, a, it's a terrific piece, um, a good summation of the, the de Blasio years. It's called the de Blasio debacle. Uh, it's available online and it is in our, our forthcoming winter issue. Uh, Don't forget to check out Tevi Troy's other work on the City Journal website. We'll link to his author page in the description. You'll find a a number of wonderful essays, including the uh, Ed Koch one we we mentioned in this discussion. You can also find City Journal on Twitter, at City Journal, and on Instagram, uh, at City Journal underscore MI. And if you like what you've heard on today's show, please uh, leave us a ratings on iTunes. And Tevi, good to talk with you and uh, looking forward to uh, working with you more uh, this year.
1: Thanks for having me, as always. Love the the 10 Blocks podcast.
0: Thanks for joining us for the weekly 10 Blocks podcast featuring urban policy and cultural commentary with City Journal editors, contributors, and special guests.